Hello and welcome to Socialism, the Marxist podcast from the Socialist Party. What next for the uprising in Nigeria? Millions of youth have been out on the streets in response to the brutal repression and banditry of the Nigerian state's so-called Special Anti-Robbery Squad, SARS. They have the sympathy of millions of workers in this huge, resource-rich West African country. The scale of the protest shows this is about much more than just police violence. Appalling wages and living conditions, soaring fuel and food prices and breathtaking levels of corruption have discredited the whole Nigerian capitalist establishment. There are widespread calls to bring the government down. The union leaders called and then called off a general strike. And democratic socialist movement, Nigerian sister party of the Socialist Party in England and Wales, has attracted impressive numbers with its revolutionary programme and its new youth platform, the Youth Rights Campaign. The Committee for a Workers International spoke to DSM on Wednesday the 21st of October, following another brutal killing of protesters by state forces, about how the movement can win. This episode of Socialism looks at the uprising in Nigeria. NSARS, Buhari out, fight for a socialist Nigeria. We've seen multiple uprisings taking place around the world in the course of the recent period. And now we see the most recent one in a crucial country in Africa of Nigeria. A population of 205 million, where they estimate at least 102 million, that's 50% of the population, are living in extreme poverty. You saw the government threaten to increase the fuel prices, the electricity prices, the trade unions called a general strike, then called off a general strike, and that's now been followed by this marvellous movement of the youth who protested and come into conflict with the armed forces demanding the disbandment of SARS, a specially murderous paramilitary organisation. And to discuss the implications of those events, to give us a little bit of a background to what's taken place, we're privileged today to have with us Comrade Soweto from the DSM, the Democratic Socialist Movement in Nigeria, the CWI section there, and he's joined with a number of other comrades gathered around him to discuss these events. So welcome Soweto, welcome to the comrades from Nigeria, and congratulations on a tremendous intervention. But perhaps you could start by giving us a little bit of a background to what triggered these events and what events have taken place in the recent period. Uh, well, the dramatic events that we have seen in Nigeria over the past 10 days, which has involved street protests of young people, millions of them across the length and breadth of the country, is an indication of the explosive anger that exists in Nigerian society. It has existed for so long as a result of the failure you know, of the regime in terms of provisions of social infrastructures, in terms of creation of jobs, in terms of funding of education, as well as in terms of the basic needs, provision of the basic needs of the vast majority of the people. Uh, because what we have seen in Nigeria really is that in the past period, when Nigeria grew you know, economically, there was further attacks by the capitalist elite on the living standard of the people. But then, following that period, Nigeria entered a recession in 2016. And what the working masses saw again was that instead of any attempt to provide for the needs of the people, the regime tried to unload the economic crisis on the shoulders and the backs of the working people. 
And then afterwards, you had an improvement in the economy. And then the masses saw that rather than the regime now trying to make further provisions, you know, for the people in terms of the provision of basic amenities, what they saw again is the further ramping up of neoliberal anti-poor capitalist policies, some of which we saw about a month ago when the regime increased fuel price as well as the prices of electricity. This has been the experience of the working people and of the youth over the past period. And it is this experience about a system, whether in the period of growth or in the period of crisis, constantly on loads, attacks on the shoulders of the working people, on the shoulders of those who are already poor and hardly able to survive. It is this experience that actually fueled the revolt that we have seen over the past 14 days. The question of police brutality was an important I mean, issue on the protest, no doubt, because what sparked the current rage was the police shooting on October 4, of a young man in far away Delta State. And the video of that incident, which went viral on social media, was the immediate cause of the wood movement that broke out on the street. But the power of this movement, the energy of this movement, and the determination of the young people, as well as the widespread sympathy that that movement, which is predominantly of young people, garnered among the working class and among other layers of the population. It's a clear indication, really, that what is behind it goes far more beyond police brutality. It's a revolt against the entirety of the capitalist system. Okay, well, you're giving a very good background as to how the movement built up. And, of course, we have reports that we see in the international media now. The position's been even worsened by events yesterday, where the army actually opened fire on some of the demonstrators. Is that true? What actually took place yesterday? And what effect has that had on the movement now, today? Well, what happened yesterday really was a brutal state clampdown. Yesterday, the ruling elite decided that they had had enough of the movement and they then unleashed the army as well as the special forces of the police on protesters in a number of places in Lagos as well as outside of Lagos. Don't forget that before yesterday, there had been attempts over the past one week you know, to sponsor armed talks to attack the protest in different places. And these attacks by the talks was always carried out with arms, with knives, with uh, weapons of all kinds. And then you have had in some of these attacks, protesters getting killed and some of them being maimed. These attacks by the talks, as we explained at that time, as the CWI in Nigeria explained at that time, was a preparation by the capitalist elite to weaken the movement in order to be able to unleash the army and other repressive apparatus. And that was what took place yesterday. The army descended on the protest gathering in Lekki. Lekki is actually an upper middle class area of Lagos State. It is a place where the upper middle class and the rich live. Yet, despite this, the rage against police brutality, the participation at the protests in that part of the of Lagos State has been incredibly massive with daily vigils in that part, you know, involving tens of thousands of people. And that appears to have been something that the regime needed to pull down violently in order to forcefully put down an example that you cannot be allowed as young people, especially in the part which they have reserved for themselves, you know, to be free of kind of working class youth actions, of struggle and protest, that you can't come to those parts and begin to challenge the regime. I think that explains really how the vicious clampdown yesterday unfolded in Lekki. Because the expectation really would have been that the regime would march the soldiers 
to attack the protest at Alausa that violently. But it appears that there was the intention, you know, to lay an example down that in that neighborhood, with the rich historically at cards for themselves, protests and the kind of actions we have seen in the last 14 days will not be allowed. Well, on the question of what happens now, how has this clamped down affected or impacted the movement? What has happened now is that for most part, for most people in Nigeria today, the bloodbath yesterday really is a rude awakening for the fact that there can be nothing like class collaboration with it. That there is no unanimity or there's no unity between the interests of the capitalist elite and that of the working people. The bloodbath yesterday is a reminder to working people, to young people, that the struggle to liberate Nigeria from capitalist misrule will only have to be made done through the process of uprooting capitalism and entrolling a socialist Nigeria. Because what has happened yesterday, really, something that many who participated in the movement you know, over the past 14 days never experienced. For the older generation who are part of the anti-military struggle in the mid-90s, they may not be surprised by the kind of carnage and kind of bloodbath that we saw yesterday. But for those who are 20 or 20-something years old, who never experienced the anti-military struggle, who never saw soldiers shooting at protesters, yesterday is a shocking revelation to them of the wickedness and the viciousness of the capitalist elite. And I think that that rude awakening, that shock, and the anger that has emerged from that is going to impact how the movement will develop in the coming period. Unfortunately, as part of the spontaneous response to this bloodbath yesterday, we have had cases of arson and attacks on government facilities, attacks on the TV stations that were seen to be close to the regime. There have been, there have been an attack, for instance, on houses and residential buildings belonging to the family of the governor of Lagos State. There is also a whole lot of reports that some government buses are being bombed. And there is also the fear and the danger that the attacks and the crisis that is brewing now, if it's not checkmated, could also have an ethnic dimension. These are the fears that exist now as to how the situation could develop. But that is just one part of the process that is developing now. The other part also is that the large section of the population are so enraged, and that rage that they have now, that anger, may not reflect in any big movement now. But it's very clear that any movement, any protest, any struggle that breaks out after today is going to carry within me this anger at the shocking and brutal impression that the regime has carried out. We do not know when the scattered protests are continuous across different parts of the country will die off, we do not know yet. But we have had report that even in some states that are far away from Lagos State, the youth are defying the curfew and are coming out to protest. In many places, barricades of protesters are still in many places across the length and breadth of Lagos State. So this is the situation of things. We do not know when these scattered protests will go off. But it's very clear, like I have said, that in the coming period, the hunger at what has happened yesterday will define how the movement or the working people will develop as time goes on. Yeah, you, you raised some very important points there, Soweto, obviously reflecting the bitterness and the anger which is there, the rage which is being demonstrated onto the streets. Now, the movement of the youth now was preceded by the calling of a general strike, the calling off of a general strike, 
What's been the response of the trade unions to this movement, the leadership of the trade unions? And have workers been drawn in? And what's the potential for workers to be drawn into this movement through the organising of a strike and possibly a general strike? What's your views on that? There has been absolute silence. Reality of the repression carried out by the regime. There has been absolute silence for 14 days. The top leadership of the Trade Union Center, the Nigerian Labour Congress, and the Trade Union Congress kept moot while the youth were out protesting for 13 or 14 days. But even since yesterday, when this brutal clampdown took place, there has been absolute silence from them. And this really is an indication, really, that the leadership of the labor movement in Nigeria is so much ideologically capitulated to the ideas of social partnership, the ideas of class collaboration, that it cannot even think of anything to do in order to resist the current onslaughts against young people. And that, for us, really, is something that workers, rank and file workers, do not forget easily. Rather, workers should then decide right from now to ensure that as time goes on, they begin to see how to rebuild and refound the trade union movement with a leadership that can fight and defend the interests of the working people. Because the rage against the repression that happened yesterday is even more profound among working people. Because working people realize instinctively that the young people who have been shut down yesterday, they are the children of workers. So they know that the interests of the youth and the working people are connected. If they had gotten a call from the trade union leadership to join the struggles of the youth with at least a 48 hour general strike, the response from the working people would have been tremendous. It would have been total. But without that call being made by trade union leadership, the working class will not take a step to actually manifest their sympathy for the movement. But despite these comments, all over the 14 days that the movement lasted, a number of working people on their own individually joined protest actions in many places across the country, most particularly in Lagos. But the scattered and individual joining of the movement by workers is not what would have pushed the scale. What would have pushed the scale and assimilated the regime would have been the working class, as we pose it, entering battle under its own banner with the 14 star general strike, backing the struggles of the youth, but also widening the demands to include questions of electricity tariff, anti-poor policies, living wage, and of course, the need to roll back the attacks you know, on the public sector, the attacks on the power sector, the attempt to privatize and to deregulate most part of the economy. Such an entry of the working class would have transformed the situation tremendously, would have prevented the current carnage that we saw yesterday, most likely, and would have also ensured that not only would some of the demands be won, but the road is open towards the revolutionary overthrow of capitalism. Unfortunately, the trade union leadership once again prevented that from happening. On 28th September, they prevented this movement from coming out. And again, even now, when the movement came out, they again betrayed it. And that, for us, means that for hack and fire workers and activists, they need to build a campaign within the trade unions and the labor movement becomes very important now. We need a campaign within the trade union movement to begin to campaign and demand and agitate for the need for the workers' movement to be democratized, to be built in a democratic manner with a leadership that is elected and ready to defend the interests of the working people. This is the only program that can ensure that outside of this tragedy, the labor movement is able to emerge and take its place 
at the head of the movement to liberate working people and the youth from this culture of capitalism. You know, that's, in other words, a major struggle here to transform the trade unions and the labour movement into a fighting combative organisation to abandon the idea of class cooperation. Now, in this movement, we obviously see it's got a spontaneous character, really, as we've seen in many other movements that have taken place globally. There's a struggle, as you say, to transform the labour movement, the trade unions, which is crucial. But in the course of a mass movement of this character involving millions the need for it to get organised with a clear alternative, a structure to coordinate the struggle and to have an alternative programme is crucial. Now, what is the DSM putting forward that the movement should do at this stage, how it should organise and what is the broader programme that the DSM is fighting for as developing this movement as a means of challenging the government, the regime and fighting for an alternative? And what's that alternative do you think it should be? Obviously... With the attack yesterday, it's not clear as to whether the movement would continue or not. But obviously, it's been difficult to have the same kind of mass gathering that has that was the hallmark of the movement for the past 13 or 14 days. That is an indication that the movement is likely to go on a decline now. And it's at this point also that we in the DSM are urging the young activists who have been part of this struggle for the past few days to use this period to take stock of what has happened, especially to learn the lessons of what has happened, learn the lessons politically in terms of understanding that if anyone thought that reforms was enough to resolve some of the issues, some of the demands that young people were making, what has happened yesterday, the bloodbath, is clear, has made it clear to young people and of course to the working class that only by way of revolutionary struggle to transform society can society can we be liberated. Secondly, there is the need to draw another conclusion and lesson from an organizational point of view. But at the same time, the absence of a coordinating leadership, the absence of an organized committee elected by the movement is also what has robbed the movement right now when it's under attack of the capacity to be able to judge as event was taking place and changing rapidly and decide on what step to take, what measures to take, prevent a decline. I think one of the lessons that the young people must draw therefore is that while not having a leadership in this movement, ensure that the government was not able to just bribe some people and then the movement is called off. At the period when the movement needed direction, at the most tragic hour which confronted the movement, the absence of a leadership ensured that it was not able to respond appropriately. So therefore, one lesson to draw, therefore, is that how should our movement in future be organized so that we avoid the pitfalls of a situation whereby the regime buys off the movement and nothing happens, while at the same time ensuring that the movement is not robbed of organization and direction. What the GSM has been saying right from the beginning of this movement is that instead of not having a leadership, what the movement should do is to elect committees directly from the protest ground with a mandate you know, to act on behalf of the movement, to lead the movement for 48 hours or for one week, composed of elements elected directly for the protest guard, and recallable, you know, at any point in time in the movement. We think that that proposal, which we made during the course of the movement, needs to be seriously discussed now as part of the preparation for the next stage of the movement. Thirdly, is that there's a need, like I've said earlier, for immediate effort and campaign by activists 
to reclaim the labor movement. That has to be part of the program towards preparing for a new stage in the struggle. And fourthly, there's a need for programs like symposium that can allow the best players of the activists to, be, to discuss what has happened, to draw out the balance sheets, and to agree on programs to keep up the resistance and prepare for a new stage of the struggle. That's very, very essential. And the fourth thing is that one of the elements and features of the movement was their political nature of mass consciousness. Many young people said, we do not need political parties. We just want to fight and struggle and change will happen. What is clear from how this movement has developed and the bloodbath yesterday is that the current government has lost all legitimacy. It can no more pretend to rule on behalf of the mass of the population, given the bloodbath of yesterday. So the question of struggling to remove the regime becomes very important. But that is when the youth also now needs to consider what replaces the regime if the regime collapses. We must avoid the situation that we saw in Sudan and in Mali. Right now, the need for young people, as well as the working class, to join a political party that is the Socialist Party of Nigeria is part of the crucial step now to take the movement forward. Because that would ensure that we have a political alternative which we could then open up battle to seek, to fight, not just to change the regime, but to begin to take society and the runnings of it away from the capitalist Okay, well, that was very full explanation, Soweto, and thanks for that. Now, as we understand it, you've had a tremendous intervention and response through the youth campaign you've been running, through the youth rights campaign, which we've taken up the question of international solidarity. So maybe briefly, in conclusion, you could outline what you're doing with the youth rights campaign, what sort of response it has had. And of course, we would appeal to all of our viewers to express their solidarity and support to the youth rights campaign. You can get the details of that on our website at World. .net, and you can visit the Youth Rights Campaign website as well. But maybe, Soweto, you could just outline, in conclusion, what the Youth Rights Campaign is doing, what response it's got, and what's the potential for it in the coming days and weeks. Well, the Youth Rights Campaign, under whose platform we intervened in the mass protests in different parts of the country, has actually had a lot of sources because it helps to connect directly with the young people on the protest who recognizes the fact that as young people, they need a platform that identifies with them. But we did beyond just identifying with them as youth. With the youth rights campaign, we're able to take towards to them a program, you know, that could help to deepen the struggle, but also open the way towards fighting against anti-poor policies, and of course, you know, for a change of society in a socialist direction. And that has actually ensured that the youth rights campaign is able to garner and gather a lot of attention. Within 72 hours, the WhatsApp group opened by the Youth Right Campaign got oversubscribed so much that we had to open another WhatsApp group within 72 hours. A video, you know, which shows leaders of the Youth Right Campaign addressing protesters. Within a number of days, gathered over 42,000 views on Facebook. And this is an indication, really, that the program that Youth Right Campaign puts forward is something that resonates with young people. And going forward, the Youth Right Campaign is a platform that uh, will continue to build alongside other platforms of the DSN, like the Campaign for Democratic and Workers' Rights 
as well as the Socialist Party of Nigeria. But the reality is that what has happened now is that the enormous population of young people in Nigeria has shown through this mighty battles of the past 14 days that it's a force that has to be reckoned with in the process of building towards a socialist revolution. What that therefore means is that a youth right campaign to constantly organize and mobilize young people alongside with the working class to fight has to become an important part you know, of the work of the DSM going forward. And this is why we continue to encourage our comrades internationally to give all the support they can you know, to the work of the YRC. The YRC is likely to be one of our most important platform and fronts I mean, going forward. And in conclusion, the struggle in Nigeria over the past few days has again demonstrated the importance of socialist and Marxist ideas. And I would like to use this occasion to call on young people in Nigeria and the working class and activists to join the YRC and the DSM and also the SPF so that together as events unfold, we can begin to discuss how to collectively fight, not just against the attacks on our livelihoods, but also to end capitalism and put in its place a workers and poor people's government anchored on socialist policies. But Nigeria is a rich capitalist country with mineral resources with enormous wealth, which is being stolen you know, by the capitalist elite. There's a need to put all of that wealth under democratic workers' control and management. And through that, it can be possible to provide for the basic needs of all and ensure that everybody in Nigeria, the working people, the mass majority, enjoy a decent life. That is the program of socialism and DSM in Nigeria. Okay, well, thanks very much, Oweto. And I'm sure that's been a really informative and amplifying report and program for all of our viewers. And I think on behalf of the whole of the CWI and our supporters around the world, we'd like to give our solidarity and support and greetings to the movement in Nigeria and to the tremendous work that the comrades in the DSM and the YLC are undertaking and the Socialist Party of Nigeria. I'm sure we'll return to Nigeria maybe in a future broadcast to discuss a balance sheet of the events as they unfold in the coming days and weeks. So in conclusion, we'd like to appeal to our viewers, don't be passive. Join us in the struggle. The uprising in Nigeria is a measure of what's coming around the world in the movement against capitalism. Join us in the CWI. Go to our website, socialistworld.net. Subscribe to us on CWI Media. We need your financial support on our website. You can make a donation to us. In the meantime, we'd urge you to continue with the struggle because it's a struggle to change the world. And we wish all of our viewers the best of luck in the struggle for a socialist alternative. So thanks again to Soweto and the other comrades who joined us. Amanda. Amanda, thank you from Nigeria. Best of luck in the struggle and adelante. Socialism is produced by the Socialist Party, the England and Wales section of the Committee for a Workers International. Today we heard from Soweto of the Democratic Socialist Movement, speaking to Tony Sonwa of the Committee for a Workers International, and I'm James Ivins. This episode was edited by Nick Hart. The socialist event of the year will be Socialism 2020. It's an open online forum of discussion and debate over four days, the 20th to the 23rd of November, including a discussion on the uprising in Nigeria. Join hundreds of socialists, trade unionists and working class fighters to discuss the way forward in this unprecedented crisis of capitalism. Read more and book now at socialism2020.net. You can find further reading on this episode in the notes in your podcast app and at socialistparty.org.uk forward slash podcast. If you want to get in touch, email socialismpodcast at socialistparty.org.uk. 
Do you agree with the policies and actions the Socialist Party is fighting for? We need you. Send us your details at socialistparty.org.uk forward slash join. To find out more and to join Democratic Socialist Movement, the Committee for a Workers' International in Nigeria, visit socialistnigeria.org. If you live outside England and Wales and Nigeria and want to join the fight for socialism in your country, contact the Committee for a Workers' International by visiting socialistworld.net. Socialism, the podcast, has no wealthy backers. We rely only on funding from the working class, which maintains our political independence. So help us take the fight to big business. You can make a regular donation or a one-off payment at socialistparty.org.uk forward slash donate. Till next time, solidarity.